Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Betting Chicago right here on the Bleep Podcast Network. My name is Joy Christopoulos. On today's episode, we have one of our Believe brothers on the podcast with me today. You know him from the Charity Stripe podcast, Instagram, the.charity.stripe. My man, Josh Fisher, one of our wonderful producers here at Believe Podcast, hopping on the pod with me. How are you today, man? Good, man. Excited to talk football. It's been these wild times. No March Madness, which has been such a killer for me. It's my favorite time of the year. Uh, baseball being pushed back, the NFL free agency and the NFL draft, and all this talk has really come to save sports in general. So I'm stoked to take to talk about it for a bit, take my mind off things, and get it going. Uh, yeah, I can't agree more. I mean, this is betting Chicago. This is a betting podcast, my friend, and we've got nothing to bet on right now. There's like, no, there's no. crows fighting over pizza right now. And I think the black crow is minus 500 to the other crow. You know what I mean? Like, this is basically where yeah. we're at right now. But yeah, thankfully, man, football is still around to talk about. Uh, yeah. Albeit not the full distraction, but somewhat of a distraction. Yeah, um, and it's come, to, it's come to play big time, you know. The, it didn't disappoint. There's been a flurry of moves, especially in Chicago. You guys came to play, at least did something, didn't sit, sit idly by. And there's so many teams out there. The Bills made moves. The Vikings obviously made moves with the Bills. Patriots took a massive blow. Buccaneers coming out swinging. Everyone, everyone had something to play, and everyone took part. So that's again, at the very least, that's great to see. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just dive right in. I think we're going to focus on some Bears, and then we're going to branch out to the rest of the NFL. Let's go with the let's go with the warm up on the Bears before we get to the meat of what I think everyone wants to talk about. I just want your initial thoughts as an outsider, the perspective of Jimmy Graham, two years, 16 million, 9.5 million guaranteed. Uh, how do you like that from a sports angle? How do you like that from a fantasy football angle? Just uh, what are your thoughts? It's uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham's a tough one, man, because he, listen, he was so good in New Orleans, right? He had that little chunk in New Orleans where he was great. Goes to Seattle, he has games where he's Jimmy Graham, and then he has games where he's three receptions for 24 yards, and where the hell was he? Because he's not a blocking tight end, so we know he's not doing that, right? Then he goes to Green Bay, and everyone's like, okay, he's got Rodgers back in the fold with Russell Wilson was chump change, you know, and things are going to click for him there. Nothing really happens in Green Bay. Now this looks to be his final shot, though he does get $8 million a year Tight ends, I mean, Trey Burton, unfortunately, is just too injury prone. You can't trust a guy like that, especially from a fantasy standpoint. Everyone thought he was going to break out last year, the year before. Nothing's come to fruition. So now it's all on Jimmy Graham in Chicago. Um, Adam Shaheen, you guys spent a big pick on him. Nothing's come from him yet, obviously. So $8 million a year for me for Jimmy Graham's a lot. If it was two years, $10 million, that'd be a bit more understandable. Um, but it's the NFL also, you can just cut him next year if you don't want. That's just these sign. It's, it's so ridiculous to me. They sign like these mad. Like you said, you guys signed what, Robert Quinn five years, seventy-two million dollars. If you don't want him in two years, guess what happens? Those final three years of the deal, except the guaranteed money, gone, nothing, non-existent. So it's it's a promise that is oftentimes not kept. It's two years, eight million dollars a year. And I would like to think it just depends who's at quarterback. It just depends, man. I mean, because here's the deal with the Bears: their defense is good. Y'all's defense is good. You know what I'm saying? The Bears have a rocking defense. It's not like they were playing. They went 8-8 eight and eight last year, and their defense gave up less than 300 points. So the defense came to play, and that's with some injuries, too. You guys had some injuries with the defense in front, right? Hicks was out, and I'm not a Patriots fan. I know that big one. He's a baller, man, right? He was out, um, and that's a big injury. And, and, you know, the defensive backfield something to write home about to begin with, but they still played nicely, and the linebacking court is just relentless. It's just so good. 
So it's the offense that has to click. And I think you have to hope, you know, can Jimmy Graham do it? Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they get to use Shaheen as a, as a blocker, right? And open up, you just want to open up the thing for David Montgomery as a big 12 guy. I mean, I know this guy can run the hell out of the football, right? I've seen him play live. I've seen him, you know, play throughout his entire career as, as, a, as a former long one, right? So I know the legitimacy of him at running back, and I'm a massive fan of David Montgomery. And so anything that they can do to really get the run open for him is going to be huge. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. Obviously, Jimmy Graham six years ago was perfect for Matt Nagy's scheme, right? Great. But now we're paying for the name. Obviously, our general manager, Ryan Pace, has a lot of Saints backgrounds. So you're kind of wondering, is he just kind of – yeah, is he just sort of playing the hits? Is he going nostalgia road and just playing like the Weezer Blue album with the whole thing? The thing yeah. with Jimmy Graham is I do like him as a red zone threat. I do think he's probably going to be a smarter route runner. He is going to be better than anything we had from the tight end position last year. But just looking at it right here, the last six games with the Packers last year, 11 yeah. receptions, 137 yards. The Packers went 5-1 and one during that span. I mean, you don't even really – you just can look at that box score and go, perhaps they were better off not featuring Jimmy Graham. They didn't so what are we him. paying for? Yeah, what are we paying for? Durability? Because the guy hasn't missed a lot of games. It is, it's a questionable move. And, uh, you know, hopefully he's open in the end zone five, six, seven times this year. But yeah, I mean, I, like, I think so. But, like, I you have a guy like Anthony Miller scores touchdowns. I mean, Allen Robinson scores touchdowns. I said, Allen, there, there's my Chicago coming out. I live with a bunch of – I live with I live with Chicago guys. Hey, Rob. Yeah, all throughout Chicago – all throughout uh, college with Chicago guys, literally. So, I'm like I'm, – these guys have been – this is the Bears' year. Last year was the Bears' year. And, it, you know, it kind of was. Like, Trubisky, like, showed some promise. And you hope Jimmy – like, I, I, I see what you're saying. I hope Jimmy Graham's open in the red zone. I hope he's working magic in the red zone. You know, you want a guy to do well. But at the end of the day, I look at the Bears' weapons, and I'm like, that's like not the problem. You know, it's not like – are Robinson and Miller a bad duo? No. In fact, are they a good duo? Probably a top-12 duo in the league. I mean, a a a Allen Robinson was the eighth-best receiver in fantasy last year. Boom. He was the 28th-best player overall in fantasy. So, I mean, just yeah. on those numbers alone, you're like, oh, well, this is a quality player. Totally. Totally. I mean, listen, Allen Robinson, minus the year he got hurt and the year after that where he was bouncing back – I mean, it's Allen Robinson's a great wide receiver, a guy that was going in the first and second round in fantasy drafts after he popped off, right? Yeah. Anthony Miller's a second-round pick out of Memphis. This guy's like, it's not, it's, not, it's not some slouch receiver that's caught on. You know, he's a legitimate top pick. You have Riley Ridley, decent enough to be a number four. Corderell Patterson, decent enough step to be a – forward, see what they yeah, do in the decent. draft. They do need a little they're more speed. Enough. I think they need a top-off guy, you know what I mean? Like, but – Yeah, um, but this draft's deep for that. I mean, you can – you could sit. Listen, you're not. If you're not getting Judy Rugs or Lamb or honestly Justin Jefferson, I don't know why he's not being thrown in those three. But he's. You don't put. Listen, you don't do what he did in the national title game in the first half of the college football first round playoffs on accident. You don't do that by accident. I don't care who your quarterback is. I don't care the style of the game that's being played. You don't throw up a 200 spot and a half, and you're not an elite receiver. Plus, everything he's done all season. The Bears aren't getting any of those guys. They have two picks, but both of them are their second round in the first two rounds. 
now I've seen guys mocking in, in that realm them taking like an Easton or a Fromm, which it would be a blasphemous waste of a pick. But again, at that point, nothing I wouldn't put past the Chicago Bears to do. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, something against Eastman from, I think, I think Eastman had more upside. I like his arm strength. I think, unfortunately, this was his real year to do it. Um, Peterson clearly was on his way out in Washington, and it was just like a bad timing situation. Um, I, I think it's fortunate, though, that, uh, that Eason has got some good hype going into the draft, but I don't think he's the Bears guy. I think one of the guys on the Bears roster right now, and this is a massive, this is more just a hopeful thinking that one of these two guys that that quarterback is going to pan out between Trubisky and Foles. I mean, that's the big move right there in, in the entire Bears offseason in a nutshell. You know, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, well, let me tell you, I'm, I'm 36 years old. And us Chicagoans, you know, we know Italian beef, we know mustaches, we know bad yeah. backs, and we know quarterback controversies, my friend. So we are not we are not immune to the concept of Trubisky playing, throws a pick, nudge your buddy, hey, Foles should be in there. You score seven points in the first half with Foles. Hey, where's Trubisky? I did want to ask you about something really quick because Please. I do I, I have listened to the Charity Stripe. I love you guys. I'm not personally a big college guy. I get involved in college when it has to do with professional sports. So I don't really watch this totally. stuff until the draft comes up. I want to get your take on Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame. Had a yeah. fantastic combine. The dude is absolutely huge. I believe he ran the fastest 40 since Calvin Johnson. I was hoping he was going to be a round two, round three steal. They got him in mocks now at the end of the first round of Green Bay. I just want to hear your take on him. Where do you think he could go? Could he fall to 44 at the Bears, or is that a pipe dream? It's, it's not a pipe dream at all. And, and, but at the same time, I don't know if that's what the Bears want, to be honest. I think Chase Claypool is great. I think I love that this player asking about. I think he's phenomenal. He's a physical specimen. He's got speed. He's got size. He's got great hands. He went under the radar because, look, truth be told, um, I don't know how you feel about Notre Dame because people in Chicago either love Notre Dame or hate Notre Dame. It's a big, it's a wishy-washy situation over there. I, I, um, I got but, buddies that love Notre Dame, and I've watched games with them, and I've high-fived them personally, but I don't really have a horse in the race. The closest thing that I got is probably I'm a Northwestern Wildcat. So you got to go uh, back. You got to go back, yeah. back, back. You know, to Darnell Autry, to Dwayne Bates, to really yes. kind of have anything for Jesus, me. But yeah. But anyways, yeah, Cla yeah. Claypool. I mean, the offenses of Notre Dame either seem, uh, they either seem uh, draconian or yeah. you know what I mean. Or they're quick. They're run heavy. They're yeah. not gonna. They're not made for big play guys. And a lot of times, these receivers that do come out of Notre Dame are really good. They just haven't had the skill, the opportunity to really showcase it. And it's ironic to bring up. Megatron because he came from Georgia Tech and where Demarius Thomas came from a similar situation where these guys don't really get to showcase their wide receivers because they've been wanting running the wishbone since pretty much before I was born so <laughs> up, until, up, until, up until now uh, the um, Claypool listen is a good fit I that they the Bears took Chase Claypool I, I wouldn't be mad about that that would like again I'm like oh they don't need to see because they have weapons but dude, you can never have too many weapons honestly my buddy the other day said the Bucks should take CeeDee Lamb and my other friend was like, that's crazy. And I said, e is it though? Because Mike Evans, CeeDee Lamb, and, and Chris Godwin, I don't care who's throwing the ball. There's a guy open automatically every time. Automat automatically someone's open because, again, as a Big 12 guy, I've seen CeeDee Lamb play live. I've seen him play every game on TV. I know, I know this guy inside and out, and he's just a true number one receiver. And that's just that. And so are Evans and so are Godwin. But in the Bears situation, I think – People mocking Claypool, though, at the end of the first round is ridiculous because, what, is he like the number eight or nine receiver? In the, in, that means eight or yeah, seven, eight They had him at 30 going to Green Bay. 
on That's ESPN, crazy. and I was like, oh, man, the, the cover's been blown already. I thought this could be a guy that could be somewhere, you know, in that two, three-round range, still a little raw. But, man, like you said, all the physical attributes there. Yeah. For me as a Bears fan, I see him as the possible answer in that tight end, wide receiving type position in Matt Nagy's offense. But, totally. I mean, totally. some of these guys – uh, that's what's so funny is, and I've seen it a little bit with CD Lamb too. He keeps rising up those draft boards where these guys kind of come up to obscurity, and then by draft night, you know they're top fifteen picks. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean here's the deal. It's it's a big thing I have in this draft, and not to skew too far away from the Bears, but it's in, you kind of in the similar Midwest situation with the Bengals. And as much as I think Joe Burrow's season was amazing, and it was unlike anything I've ever seen before, and I don't get me wrong, I love 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 Cam Newton's as a college player at the very minimum. I think he is unworldly. What he did at Auburn in that one season was just ridiculous. And only has been beaten by Joe Burrow. What he did at LSU this season, you win the game on the line. Listen, as long as the Bears have some mobility and stability on the offensive side of the football, and I mean mobility in the sense, not that the quarterback's running, but that the offense is moving and in motion. It can't be a three-and-out situation. If the Bears are in situations where they're not getting three-and-outs, where the offense is staying on the field, points or no points, obviously you want the points, but if they don't get the points, it's not the end of the world. Right, but the offense is moving and allowing the defense to breathe. That defense at full health is that front seven is ferocious. You win the game on the line. It's a big reason that I think Chase Young should be the first overall pick because the Bengals are not ready for a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. And there's a lot of teams. The only reason a guy like Claypool could go at the end of the first round, a team like the Packers are ready to draft a wide receiver. Like Jerry Judy is a top five talent, not a question. At the beginning of the year, I'm like, this guy is talented enough to go first overall. I firmly believe that. But the teams picking in the top 10 are not ready to just go, okay, we look to put a finishing touch, which is wide receiver. I would like the Bears to maybe get some depth on the offensive line. Speaking as a Patriots fan, you can't coach depth enough on the offensive line, and people forget that. People think that you're five offensive linemen, you're five offensive linemen, and that's it. That's all you got. Depth is important there, too. Depth is important with defensive line. Look at, look at the Niners. The Niners went to the Super Bowl rotating five, six guys in the defensive line. That's how it's done, man. Yeah, big time, big time road graders in the offensive line. I, I got to be honest, I've been super surprised that we haven't spent big money on our offensive line right now. I mean, our right guard's a problem. Our right tackle's a problem. You could say you could probably have some questions at left tackle too as well. I still hear rumors yeah. that we might be kind of getting involved in the Trent Williams sweepstakes at some point whenever the dust settles on that. I'm, inv I'm involved in that apparently too. Like who is involved? <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> like, hey, didn't I see you with the Trent Williams yeah, sweepstake yeah. rumor? Uh, yeah, yeah. Was rumor there. lounge? <laughs> yeah, it was me. Yeah, it was me and Sloan Chatter and they were smoking a J with Johnny Hopkins. In it. No. Uh, but no, man, you, uh, you brought up a really great point, man, because especially with our defense, too, as well, you cut it back, you know, the year before last year, obviously, we had all those turnovers, right? We were the number one team in fantasy points on defense. Last year, we were 17th. The year before that, we were ninth. So which one is it? I, I don't think we're the 17th. I don't no. think that we're the first either. We're probably in that five to eight area. And you can see it. If you look up some of the stats last year, you know, we really struggled giving up points to, like, wide receivers and tight ends last year. A lot of that has to do with what the linebacker play. Danny Trevathan got hurt. Roquan yeah. Smith had – let's just leave it at – he and had himself a sophomore slump. And then oh, you had the happens. Hicks problem. So Yeah. Um, I mean, you lose a big guy up front. It, losing a big guy up front. Like, as a Patriots fan, the best player outside of Tom Brady in the history of my – at least my fan under the Patriots – 
as much as I love Gronkowski and Moss was sick, don't get me wrong, it's Vince Wolford. Having a big bulldozer, it is. I mean, he's like the best. He's like the best defensive player, like or one of. I can't say he's the best because of Revis, he, you know, Ray Lewis, he Paul Molly, Dan Reeds, but he's up there with me, top ten defensive players I've seen as far as impact goes. And a guy like Mutzing Keem Hicks is, you know, a Vince Wolford Hall of Fame caliber player. It's just point that Akeem Hanks having him up front clogging those holes allowing Khalil Mack and now Robert Quinn two supreme sack artists it's going to change the game and a lot of pressure on the quarterback and allow the ball to come out a lot earlier which will give you know defensive backs they're not there's a less a less wide gap between them and the receivers at that point if you're not putting pressure on the quarterback or you're not putting as good of a pressure on the quarterback your defensive backfield which isn't as strong as the front seven is going to be exposed and also might I say Vince Wilfork one of the best barbecue videos on early, he's like social media hall of fame. Cause this is going like, we're talking like 10, 12 years ago. Now Fitz Wilfork's barbecue videos, guys, if you're having a rough day. Just check it out. Go Cause watch, everything's yeah. going to be all right. When he's at the smoker, it's so, yeah. it's so fucking amazing. If you ever, if you ever about to go out to the club and like you're going through your closet and anything's dirty, and all he sees is a pair of overalls, and you're worried about not wearing where you should wear the overalls or not. Go watch. Look up Vince Wilfork and overalls. Give you all the confidence in the world. What would the Wilfork do? I think yeah, he put exactly. on. I think he put on there the overalls. Got a new slogan for you. <laughs> um, I think the, I, like again, you bring up the draft, right? Who would I like to see the Bears go with at 44? I'd be more inclined to see them go cornerback than wide receiver. That would just be me. That would I would like a Jalen Johnson, a guy that's kind of flying under the radar. Uh, corner out of Utah, but Utah team was good this year. A Jeff Gladney out of TCU at cornerback, he's really good. I would like to see those guys. They're going to fall to the second round. I'd like to see them jump on one of those guys. Maybe, like, I don't, I don't think this team is that many pieces away. I don't know. Like, Foles is fine, man. I well, I mean, yeah, I know that's the thing is who's, the, who's the quarterback issue. playing in December? You know, who's, I mean, who's yeah. that guy? Who's the starter in September? All right, September and who's the starter in December? If it's Trubisky, you know, you've got the sixth man Foles, one of the best backups, perhaps in, a, in the modern era of football coming in if he messes up. At the same time, if it is Foles, can he play a full 16-game slate? A, stay healthy. B, stay consistent. Mm-hmm. My quick question for you is, it feels yeah. like to me the novice coming into the draft is it seems to be very heavy this year on, obviously, you're always going to have edge rushers. Seems to yeah. be heavy on quarterbacks. Seems to be a bit heavy on wide receivers, and it seems to be heavy on offensive linemen. Does that kind of align with what you're looking at right now and why you like the cornerback class right now, perhaps at the value of a 44 like the Bears in the second round? Totally, totally. It's great. I mean, that's great. I mean, dissecting a bit. I mean, the big issue is the linebacking class, the pure linebackers. I'm not talking about, like, the, you know, the guys like that get to the pass rush. I mean, that's the only issue I'm having with the class. Obviously, safeties. Um, or in and out, but there are some good safeties to grab. I'm not, I'm not a lot of teams need safeties. I'm, like, I'm looking at it, trying to mock. I have guys that I want to plug into the first round because they're that talented. I'm talking about not necessarily Xavier McKinney, who will be a first-round pick out of Alabama because he can play a little bit of corner, but a guy like Grant Selpit, who wasn't as strong at LSU this season, is going to drop a little bit in the draft. But I want to plug a guy like him in the first round. I'm having difficulty because I don't see any teams at the back end of the first round needing a safety. Did it with Antoine Winfield Jr., who was great at Minnesota. I really love him. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen. You here's the deal. It, the thing with edge rusher. The thing with the NFL is this: you go across the you go across the team. So go to your guys, Robert Quinn, Cleo Mack. Who the hell is blocking them? You can't, it's like impossible. It's a Miles Garrett is impossible to block. These these edge rushers are fast. 
they are they are running four fours or four fives, and they're massive, and they're, you cannot block them. Neville Gallimore, look at that's a name to look out for. An interior defensive lineman, he's like six six, three hundred pounds. He ran a four seven nine, a four seven nine, a three hundred pound six six. You can't block these guys. They're, they are too fast again. The minute they blow past, they're getting to the quarterback. That's why offensive line, and you see it every year in the draft. People love to put like eight or 10 wide receivers in the first round. Believe me, I've been guilty about putting five or six in the first round in previous mock drafts. Mock drafts. And I've had guys on the charity show that can tell me that's too much because they know and I know and we'll all know in two weeks' time or two weeks before the draft that the case is going to be with offensive linemen that they, everyone goes, all of a sudden they need them. Well, so and the, co- the conversion them. rate on wide receivers too, I mean – it, 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 it's, I think, the biggest hit or miss probably market that there is in the draft. We've learned from the running back position. Retweet. That, yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like, we just can't. Yeah. Running backs now, third, fourth, fifth round, sixth round, you know, the collateral is a lot lower. These guys can hit and miss. Who cares? But, you know, for every, you know, for every Laquan Treadwell, you know what I mean, you have your Julio Jones. For every yeah. Odell Beckham, you know, you have – oh, man, I'm trying to think. Josh, you know, Kevin, Do- Kevin White. Josh Doxson, oh my God, yeah. the, the draft yeah. darling, the dude that never, nothing ever happened, you know? Yeah. Um, so reaching for that, obviously, there's got to be a price that, uh, that, can be too, that can be too rich, perhaps for certain teams. Wide receivers, you have, that is the cherry, that is truthfully the cherry on top. It is. It is the, it's with the Falcons. The Falcons traded up to get Julio Jones because they felt that was all they needed to complete their roster. Julio Jones. It's the cherry on top the Patriots did with Nikhil Harry last year. They felt they were a wide receiver away from being the most dangerous team. And that's unfortunate because Nikhil Harry was actually my favorite receiver coming out of the draft, and I was stoked. And he, he had, had a nice sister. last – I thought when he got the ball in his hands, I thought the way that's that right. they started to kind of utilize him in that last month of the season, I thought it's kind of intriguing. I do like him. I do like his stock look trending upwards heading into the season. But, again, okay. like – whether it was an injury or whether he got benched, whatever you want to spin it at. Well, he was, he was hurt. In the beginning yeah. Of, yeah. Um, but then, and then they just threw him on IR cause he's a rookie. Like, you know, yeah. man, we're not, yeah. we're not going to nurse you back. You're going to sit for a while and then you're going to come back, you know? Totally, man. It's a wash of a year for him. And it's unfortunate now because we have, we went from having the most surefire thing at quarterback to having no idea. Could it be Brian Hoyer part 18? Like, I don't know. Like this is Oof. like, it's, well, you know, what, Josh, you know, Josh, we're going to launch into that in just one second. But first, we're going to take a break from one of yeah. our, some of our wonderful sponsoring members of the Blue oh, Podcast great, Network at Betting sponsor. Chicago. We're coming back to talk some of that in a second. Today's sponsors for Betting Chicago on the Believe Podcast Network are true classic tees. Guys, style as we know it is changing. Formal wear is out. Right now, sweatpants are very much in. And you know what's coming back, you guys? The T-shirt. True classic t-shirts, they just so happen to be my favorite. They're based in LA, and it's a t-shirt company that is, trust me, going to be on the rise. T-shirts are soft, they hold up in the wash, they're incredibly versatile, and right now they're only 15 bucks, and you can get them for even less if you use our promo code. So go to trueclassictees.com and use the code at checkout, Believe B-L-E-A-V, for 20% off on a $15 shirt. You can't beat that. That's Believe B-L. EAV at trueclassictees.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.com. No March Madness, guys, no sports, I get it, but there's still plenty of things that you can wager on and win some cash. 
online casinos, poker, blackjack, American Idol. Guys, there's still plenty of fun to be had at betonline.com. And if you use the promo code MYPOD100, M-Y-P-O-D-100, you can receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, listeners, 50% off with the promo code MYPOD100 at betonline.com, where the fun never ends. And finally, we're also brought to you by LinkedIn, you guys. LinkedIn might be coming in handy soon. LinkedIn, they have 60, 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs is a great job screening candidates with the hard and soft skills that you, the hiring person, are looking for so you can hire the right person as fast as you can. And look, guys, when we get back out of the house, we're going to need this more than ever. It looks beyond work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates and matches your business requirements perfectly. It's no wonder that a person, no joke, is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn. So find the bright person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. That's right. Just visit LinkedIn.com slash team, T-E-A-M. Again, LinkedIn.com slash team to get $50 off your first post. Terms and conditions and apply. That's a great sponsor, you guys. Now let's go back to the pod and let's talk to Josh. All right, guys, we're back. We're here with Josh Fisher of the Charity Stripe Podcast. Also, Believe Podcast Network, one of our wonderful producers on the show. I wasn't going to ask you this, but I got to ask you this, and I'm going to phrase it like this. You are a Patriots fan. I'm learning yeah. this now. Yeah. I don't want to hear about how you feel and bye-bye, Tom, all this stuff. All I want to know is, as a Patriots fan, what, who do you want to be your quarterback? Who do you want it to be? Do you want to do you want to draft? Is it Jared Stidham? I know I it's not it Brian be, Hoyer. <laughs> no, is it, are, are, be, we, are we bringing somebody in? What do you want? I want it to be uh, um, Justin Fields. Oh, I, I want to wait, man. I want to wait. Wow. I want it to be next year. Yeah, I want to get. I want to take. I want to get draft capital for next year and explode and get one of those guys and just kind of run it back like we've been doing uh in previous time i mean here's the deal i know that's a pipe dream i don't you can't i don't think Stidham's the guy he hasn't done anything for me to be like this is gonna work and as good as and it's not it's mcdaniel's system and mcdaniel's does have a great system people forget that belichick's in charge of the defense mcdaniel's is in charge of the offense obviously bill does oversee everything um but belichick his whole thing is, I mean, he's going to, he's going to, he's not going to waste money though and time on guys, draft capital at least, that he's a guy. So he has no problem rolling out with Stidham and seeing what happens versus taking a guy like Fromm or Easton or Love at the 23. And it's the reason I brought, I brought him up earlier, Xavier McKinney, similar to how we had Devin McCourty, who's kind of the talent of his career, just on a two-year deal, he'll be done in uh, your deal is up if not next year um i think he's a great replacement because every team needs a good safety i think the patriots should go after xavier mckinney if not him grant help grant delpit at the 23 pick and not rush like a guy like jordan love i mean people love his intangibles <clears throat> they're saying pat mahomes light like dude like the guy threw like almost as many picks as did the touchdowns and yeah he's changing the offensive system and yeah he loses his weapon but it's not like he had a moderate of weapons at Utah State to begin with. I mean, come on. It's, there's, you can't tell you can't riddle me to trust a guy like that. And Pat Mahomes is a generational talent. And it's unfortunate that he has to, you know, the Bears fans have to look at Pat Mahomes. Look at the, I mean, the biggest travesty, and I'm sure you've gotten to it, is not even Pat Mahomes, it's Sean Watson. Like, how do you not oh. take a guy? I say it all the time. Like, how do you not take, at the very minimum, how do you not take Sean Watson? When we traded up for him, 
it seemed like such an automatic that they were trading up for the guy that just won the national championship game and then just torched Alabama that it seemed yeah. just so obvious that I'll be honest, uh, when we took Trubisky, it was a bit of uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. my eyes, uh, my, eyes my eyes crossed, my jaw dropped, and uh, you know, you immediately started to kind of rationalize what they were sort of thinking in that front. Yeah, and I, here's what I kind of want to ask you about. So you're kind of looking towards more of the future thing, and I'm I, I'm really enjoying that you're hearing that because some of the Patriots fans that I'm talking to, it's literally about I want revenge now. I got to get back out there. I got to find the rebound quarterback. And I got to get back out there and parade it around town. But here's the deal is with the Patriots, even though you guys lost some defensive players last year, I still think you guys have a wonderful defense. You guys can retool. You guys can get back right away. And there was times last season where, you know, Tom Brady over a 16 span game season isn't exactly Tom Brady anymore from the perspective of, I believe last year he went a five game stretch where he only threw six touchdowns year before he went a six game stretch where he only threw five touchdowns. You're telling me a guy can't come in and replicate that kind of number and still get the job done and, you know, beat Miami 18 to 12. You know what I'm saying? Like some yeah, sort of weird, yeah. put a weird number up, play, I play Buffalo tough and win 10 to six. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you can still win that. some games with some guys. And so you're telling me Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, this doesn't blow your hair back at all. James, I mean, I don't know how well we're allowed to get this, but James Winston can blow me twice. Like, I'm, not, I'm out on him so hard. You cannot rash. You can't tell me he's a good quarterback. He's Jay Cutler, man. No, don't insult Jay Cutler. And I hate Jay Cutler. I think Jay Cutler stinks <laughs> on ice. I don't I, – I, Jay Cutler is – Jay Cutler is lazy. He's, he, he doesn't, he's not reckless. I don't care. I'm, listen, James Winston, I famously with my friends, when I, we, when I was a freshman in college, I said the Heisman I'm trying to show off to my new buddy. So the Heisman winner this year is going to be Jameis Winston. You just watch as the wretched freshman. Called it from the get-go. I've seen him. I saw him at Elite 11. Watch his film. Knew this kid's legit. He's got all the talent in the world. If you can't put it together in Bruce Arians' system, you're just not mentally there. Like, I don't – like, dude, Vince Young's great. He's an unbelievable talent. He just mentally wasn't there. Jameis Winston is – if he's, if Jameis Winston had thrown 15 picks instead of 30, the Buccaneers would have been a playoff team. For sure. He would also have $120 million and probably 90 of it guaranteed because he threw, what, for 5,000 yards, right? But when you have 38 turnovers in a season, it wasn't just the interceptions, too. It was Bumbles. the fumbles, man. It was crazy just every time. Crazy. It's just reckless. Abandon it, and you're just careless with the football. And, yeah, you got LASIK. I mean, it's a, the, the Patriots won't do that because Bill Belichick values the number one most important thing in football, which is the football. Right? right? He values controlling that. You have to control everything you can with the football. And, and Andy, Dalton, guys, Andy Dalton's a no because obviously you wouldn't trade draft capital for him. Like if he hit the street tomorrow, would you be interested? Or that just seems like a non-starter. I don't know what the point is because there's, unless – I mean, Dal Dalton's been good, but his injuries, he's not the same. I'm, if I'm going to take a flyer on one of those three, it's got to be Cam Newton. Uh, because you know you're getting – Cam Newton's healthy. You know you're getting a 59.8% completion percentage. You know you're getting that, right? Yeah. That's a lock. He's not throwing for more than 62% completion percentage, and that's unfortunate that that's, that's his hole in this game. But he's an athletic quarterback still. He can see his wood. No one, none of those other two guys have. He's won an MVP before. 
He is a legitimately good football player, and he's a winner, and he's competitive, and that's the Patriot way. And he'll fit with Julian Edelman. He'll fit with Nikhil Harry. Um, and he'll, he'll fit able, with uh, be, he'll fit with the pissed off mentality that you totally. think Belichick and the organization totally. might have as a whole, because Brady's doing the victory lap right now in Tampa. Uh, yeah, that was broken a lot. I mean, like you now all the reports of they it was actually supposed to be Brady that went to San Francisco instead of Jimmy G and all this. Crazy. Yeah. I read that too. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Um and it's at, at that point it's you know listen man, the thing with Tom and I know you don't want to hear my feelings, but I will say my two cents is that what else can I ask for? saying they want revenge they want that revenge you know quarterback revenge tour type thing they're not they're not red sox fans because they don't know the deal with like the red sox were brutal as in brutal as in they were so close every time and they lost then they kind of came back right and in the one and oh four one no seven one and 13 one and 17 it's up and down it comes and ends and flows and i know i'm not right to complain about that because it's four championships that just listed off but the Patriots, you have to, it's not, and all good things come to an end, and you have to trust the process of rebuilding a franchise. I hope Belichick can do it again. You can't. What else, what else do you want from the man? Seriously. I mean, it, the best case scenario would have been him for him to retire after the Rams game, and we get that closure that we got. But once he didn't retire, you knew that anything was possible. Anything was possible. You're also in uncharted territory, right? The dude is 42 years old. And yeah. he just won a Super Bowl two years ago. Those two elements have never been so closely connected to each other, I think, with any athlete ever, right? Like, Nothing guys is. like Elway and Manning, they won yeah. their Super Bowls and they left, right? You had to take yeah. Brett Favre out on a stretcher. Guys yeah. that get to that age, it just becomes obvious. For Tom Brady, in this particular case, it is not obvious that he should stop playing football. And that's yeah. the rub, right? And that's the tough little – the, the tough little tug and pull. And yeah, the more stuff you read, the more it seems like it was kind of a long time coming. I think it's a wonderful achievement. It's an amazing achievement that you guys won that last Super Bowl with all the stuff that seemed to be going on between him and Belichick and Kraft and the and not being the best team. Yeah. The yeah, well, the best team. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, God, like they should have won that, it all. That, that, that was a fantastic playoff game, first right. of all. And yeah, you know, cool. Mahomes just obviously just wasn't really ready. And and Brady Brady showed up. You know what I mean? He did. He was able oh, to make it's... enough plays. And what was it? The D Ford offsides that really helped out. Was that it? D4? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Oh, dude, we always believe me. Listen, bro, it's the Patriot way. You don't. You, you don't. Know. You're a Chicago fan. You don't know lucky. <laughs> no, you, I don't know lucky. You, yeah, you don't know. You don't, you think I started debating someone the other day, like a 28-3 game. Someone's like, oh, blame it on Matt Ryan. I go, listen, you can blame it on Matt Ryan. So the cows come home. It is not entirely his fault. Not even close, actually. Because you don't blow a 28-3 lead unless everything and every little, like, luck can go right on that one side of the football. And that's just the case right there. And the Bears, unfortunately, haven't had that luck. And I, I'm looking at this quarterback duo, and – and it has to be – you have to you have to roll with Trubisky at the beginning. You have to – you have to. I mean, this is – you invested in the number two overall pick with this kid. At this point, you at least have to give him four games because you know you know you're getting with Foles. And at least let Foles, give Foles time to learn the system. 
don't throw, don't thrust Foles in there. Let Foles learn the system. Trubisky knows the system already. It's built kind of around him. Give him one more shot. Give him four or five games. You guys are one and four up to four and five. Give four or five games or two and three, and things aren't going well. And he's stinking on ice. Turn the ball over, throwing, going for 17 to 33 with 178 yards, touchdown and two picks. Bench him at that point and, and cut your losses. But right now, yeah, you owe it to him and you owe it to yourself as a franchise to give him one more shot because the weapons are there. The offensive line, if you get one guy in the draft here, right, you know, maybe a Cesar Ruiz falls out of Michigan, the interior Ooh, offensive yeah, line. Yeah, really me and my buddies that. have been talking about him just kind of like uh, that, the further down the trough prospects, you know what I mean? Because we, we can't, with our own hearts and minds, buy in heavy on capital in the draft. But we are like, well, we probably should probably be drafting somebody at some point. Keep bringing arms yeah. in, see what happens. Like, yeah. Just like a baseball, like, like a baseball organization, you just got to bring those arms in and see what happens. For the Bears, yeah. I'll tell you the optim, the most optimal scenario, and you pretty much just laid it out perfectly, is Trubisky. It's a, for for us really, it's all about winning games, right? And the thing that people kind of forget about when Nick Foles came in and sort of rode in and saved the day is that Nick Nick Foles was in a quarterback room when Carson Wentz was having an MVP type year, and. You could say what you want about Carson Wentz. I happen to like him as a quarterback a lot, but I do think Nick Foles being in that room helped him. I think the offensive system helped him. I think he was a young player in a position to succeed because of that type of support. And I think they're going to take a completely different way of how they handle Trubisky mentally during the, like the training camp. I think you're going to see him play in the preseason for, you know, for a couple of things. And And I think you're going to see moderate improved play and hopefully wins come with that and the other thing is it's just nice to have Foles around because not only for that little security blanket but you know Trubisky even at his best can't play 16 games right now something's happening no he never has he played in, the, in his best year which is his sophomore year he played 14 games you know right. 12 games his rookie year I mean he's not a listen He's not Mahomes, not Watson. Let's end it right there at that point with this. The Bears know they've made a mistake. But now going forward, it's not like he can't be Alex Smith. And if he is Alex Smith, and no shot, and that's no shot against Alex Smith, because Alex Smith is a legitimate starting quarterback. You know, he's not Nick Foles. He's a starting QB1 in the NFL, and that's for dang certain Alex Smith is that. But if Mitch Trubisky can get to that level where he is an Alex Smith-type player, that Bears team is dangerous because – all he will not be turning the ball over he'll be moving the football and that defense will speak for itself well and then all of a sudden you know we're always pairing we're always matching ourselves up to the other guys in the division right like it's always hard to compare you know whether will he'll ever get to the level of an Aaron Rodgers right but you certainly if he gets to that Alex Smith level he certainly is above Kirk Cousins you know what I mean yeah he certainly is right there with Matt Stafford you know what I mean? I'm not talking talent level. I'm just talking about what you can do in an offense to win games. It's just kind totally. of like that that matching up of like, are we overwhelmed here? Which is why I never wanted the Bears to get Teddy Bridgewater. Like, just on paper, Bridgewater versus Rodgers, you go gulp. Bridgewater's versus Matt Stafford, you kind of go gulp. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, that's Stafford. why – and that's why – I mean, I like Stafford. I, I think Stafford's a quality player. They just never will ever put any offensive weapons around him ever until the end of time uh, but too late I mean now they have God is good but Karrion Johnson's now into injury prone you, you can't have a running back that's injury prone it doesn't work like that you know it's he him himself is now injury prone but they were they were off to not a bad start last year they were in every game they were playing with Matt Stafford as quarterback and now Matt Stafford is now he's hurt and it's this and that and look what happened with Cam Newton I mean 
people are talking about the Lions taking two at Tiger by low or three. It's like not impossible. And I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't shake my head at it. Like, you know, try to find a trade partner for Matt Stafford. I wouldn't, I would rather the Patriots get Matt Stafford than Cam Newton than any of the other guys we listed. Yeah. I wouldn't, I would give up something. I would give up the third round pick for Matt Stafford any day. Oh, I, I, I probably would too, man. I probably would too. I think in the right situation, he still is young enough as long as the medical is clear. I mean, yeah. I think the dude's got a good arm. I think he can make throws with accuracy that other quarterbacks can't make. I just think he's got that mental game now where mm-hmm. it's kind of matched with that physical talent where, you know, I think in theory in a lot of situations he'd do really well. Uh, I'm going to get you out here on this, man. Um, yeah. Just talking to you, I mean, I'm just learning so much about the draft. I just want to keep asking you questions about it. So I'm going to kind of, yeah. I'm going to kind of maybe open the floor for you and ask you this question. You know, what do you think come draft time, um, you know, health and safety provided, we do have that draft. What do you think is going to be the biggest surprise in your opinion? Is it maybe a quarterback's going to go a certain place? Is it going to be a, a run on a certain position group? Is there a player that you that you love a whole lot that you want to tell our listeners about that I don't think anyone's thinking about enough? Um, I, mean, I threw a lot uh, at you, but I opened it up for you. Totally. The player I love, first of all and foremost, the middle linebacking position is so important. You need a field general in there on the field that can call the shots, a guy in the middle that you can trust. Luke Keekley did it for years with Carolina, was electric, right? Bobby Wagner, electric for the Seahawks. I'm not saying this guy is that caliber player. Sean Lee is still on the Cowboys just because of the the spiritual ghost that used to be that thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. John Beeson was great, you know, for the Panthers for years. I mean, the middle linebacker, you guys know it with Erlach. If you guys have a great middle linebacker, change the game. And a guy that I think, obviously, Simmons is the big linebacker safety hybrid, and I love him. He's a Swiss Army knife. One's a 4-3-9. Could be one of the best pass rushers. He's, you could do anything with Isaiah Simmons. Anybody that thinks otherwise is crazy. The guy I love, though, back to my Big 12 boys, the team I hate, OU, Kenneth Murray, middle linebacker in the first round. If your team walks out with him, think about like a Devin Bush deal. You know, not mm-hmm. Devin Bush for the 10th overall pick, but he was an immediate impact from day one from, from day one from the Steelers um, and really helped transform that offense as much as Nicky Fitzpatrick did uh, and will transform it going forward. And I feel the same way about Kenneth Murray. I think if your team, like a team like the Broncos, everyone's mocking them with wide receivers. I think the Broncos now and a guy like Kenneth Murray to really just solidify that defense that Vic Fangio needs. And I think he's a lethal guy. I think that a team thing that, uh, something, that something that people would be surprised about, maybe Jordan Love, going ahead of Justin Herbert. He seems to be wildly – people have wild opinions of where he think he's going – where they think he's going to end up. I think the most popular thing, the hottest thing that could happen would be this. The Bengals go Burrow at one. The Chargers trade out to take two at three, right? And then at five, Jordan Love goes to the Dolphins. Oh, wow. And wow. then Herbert – Herbert falls to the Jaguars, which and they make the mistake of taking him. Not that I don't like Justin Herbert. I do. It's just the Jaguars, again, are not ready for a quarterback. The Anytime Jaguars the Jaguars take a quarterback, you got to scratch your head. It's an yeah, immediate – Because it's, uh, they're not they – they always take when they're not ready. It's time in and time out. Um, and I think – I mean, you're going to see a run on wide receivers. You'll see a run on offensive tackles. Obviously, you have your big offensive tackles, Tristan Morris out of Iowa, you have Andrew Thomas, Georgia, Jedrick Wills, who I love at Bama, Mekhi Becton, who's flown up draft board, talking about a beast, uh, with Stice, he'd be the first tackle taken out of Louisville. The guys like Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State, guys that are not being talked about, Josh Jones out of Houston, those guys could find a first-round guy, brought up Cesar Ruiz, who plays in the interior of the offensive line. 
out of Michigan, a guy I really love. A, a team late in that first round can nab him and create some great depth in the offensive line. So look for offensive line and wide receivers to make a run over there. And finally, uh, Jalen Hurts, where would you think if he is drafted would be an appropriate place where – so whoever, whatever organization, whether it's the Bears or not, they draft Jalen Hurts. Where in the draft would he be drafted? And you'd be like, oh, that's a good value. Again, anywhere. I think he's sick. Ooh, okay. Because I, I love the guy. I love I the guy. He's, They're not, he's not being talked about among the five, six dudes. I think the dude's a winner. I think he's a playmaker. I think his game can translate to the NFL. I, 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 I'm like, where can, we, where can we get him? You're in a 4-5, you're in a 4-5-9. He's, he's a competitor an ultimate competitor. No one's a competitor. He, he, he took that Bama team to the national championship. He got them there. He got them there by winning that SEC game last year. He got OU to the playoffs. He was, won't, was second in the Heisman. He, he's grown every year as a passer. I mean, I have a bet just because I don't think he – I have a bet with a buddy. Tell you what, betting, right? Yeah, if he so – you're, you're in the right place, my friend. <laughs> $100 bet that I have him going outside the top 50. He hasn't gone inside. Um, but every pick he goes – before and after 32, we, we move $2. So if he goes, oh, gotcha. to, yeah. So if he goes 30, um, 30th overall, I owe my buddy $102 versus if he goes um, 33rd, I, I, I owe him 98, uh, all the way to the 64th. I mean, but I, again, you want to Patriots took Jalen Hart in the third round. I'm stoked. I think he's a baller. You can't take, you can't tell me that he's not better than Jake Fromm. You can't tell me that. Like, I refuse to believe that. No, I mean, I just – I, I watch in the YouTube clips, you know what I mean, for the first time, and I'm just like, oh, what are we even talking about here? Like, I mean, Jalen Hurts, I mean, he's got the numbers too as well. He's got numbers that are impressive. Dude's a winner, great program, wins a lot of games. Um, dude, Josh, man, thank you so much, man. We're going to get you out of here. On yeah, that. dude, thank you for having me. This was fun, man. Dude, Glad super fun, on. man. Um, would love to have you back on sometime, maybe after the draft or something, because totally, honestly, totally. Um, I think uh, myself and our listeners like would absolutely love your knowledge. And uh, yeah. yeah, man, I'm really grateful you came on for this. And everyone, please check out the Charity Stripe podcast. You can check them out on Instagram too, as well as at the.charity.stripe. Josh yeah. Fisher, man, you're the man. Thanks, dude. You're the man, dude. Thank you, Joe. I can give up. You got it, dude. Thank you so much for joining us on Betting Chicago on the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by by True Classic Tees, BetOnline.com, and LinkedIn, you guys. We're going to be coming back. We've got another really wonderful guest coming back early next week, so make sure you guys stick around. Thank you so much. I'm Joey Christopoulos. Have a great day. Safety and health to you all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.